2: Well, very good evening, everybody. A very warm welcome, or a very warm welcome, whatever time you're listening, if you're listening to this as a podcast, this is the Fallout Bar for the final time in 2022. And as you might be able to see, the bags under my eyes are growing by the day, uh, but we are ready to go uh, with yet another Fallout Bar. The final day of action then in 2022, Featon and Cam McFarlane alongside you uh, to talk some darts and to talk about um, in comparison, Cam, a very quiet day at the 2022-23 Kazoo World Darts
3: Championship. Good evening. Good evening, yeah. Lovely to see your face back on here. It's been some time. Uh, I lovely. can't remember the last time me and you did one of these together. It might actually have been in in person at,
4: at Milton uh, Keynes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um,
3: but yeah, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, today flattered to deceive a little bit, didn't it? I had... A lot of close games in my predictions last night, and every single one of them was nowhere near.
2: <laughs> I, to be fair, that I, 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 without actually going into it too much, I think I do think that we would do a down day, as it were, because the previous three days, particularly after Christmas, were full of such drama, such uh, anticipation, such tension, and you know, in in a way, actually, such fantasticness. That we were sort of due a down day, and I did fear that this would be quite a down day. And in comparison to the
3: previous three days, that's what we got. Yeah, as much as we might have been due one, we all like to believe that every day is going to be a wonderful day, and every day is going to be full of full of action. And there were moments; it wasn't it wasn't bad by any means, but there just wasn't. There was not the jeopardy, it wasn't the drama. It never got that close in any of the games, which is what we've probably seen probably worse performances from people over the last few days than we've seen today, but because the matches were so close, it made it a much more entertaining watch.
2: Definitely. Uh, We will go through game by game in chronological order as we like to do here on this show. Before we do, a very good evening to those in the chat room already. Daniel's in, Tommy Tornado, very good evening to you. Nels is here Jack Nolte, Lee Seymour, all already in the chat room, nice and early. If you haven't, if you want to get a mention here on the Fallout Bar, uh, may not uh, get uh, Fallout Bar, you can get yourself in the chat room right now and we will say hello to you throughout the evening and get your comments involved. And if you listen to this as a podcast, remember you can join us live after each session, every night or day or afternoon or morning, whatever time it is you're listening in the world or watching uh, on YouTube, you can join us straight after play, so make sure that you do it here at Online Darts YouTube channel. Good evening, Preston, as well. Okay, let's go through this chronologically then today. Um, and it feels like uh, probably uh, three days ago rather than a few hours ago uh, Dimitri Vandenberg against Kim Hybrex in a, in a Belgian World Cup clash. And I have to be honest, in my heart of hearts, I was trying to make this out to be. A great game, but I really couldn't see anything other than a that a Dmitry Vandenberg comfortable win, and I was proven right. Kim did not hit any heights, certainly not the heights that he hit against uh, Peter Snakebite, right to knock out the defending world champion. And Dimitri Vandenberg, who has had a quiet year by his standards, is starting to enjoy the alley pally stage again.
3: Yeah, he's warming up a little bit, isn't he? Um you're clearly a better judge than me because I picked him to win this last night. And I de- I did say before I picked it that it was definitely heart overhead. Um, but, yeah, Timmy just just kept him at arm's length. He didn't do anything spectacular. It was just just steady darts and just never really let him get into the game. Kim will probably be a bit disappointed. He was miles off it, to be fair. And there's not really a lot more to say about this match. There was, there was never at any point of the moment where you thought that Kim might kind of turn it around and Dimmy just gave him the old I am the captain now looked at him and went look at me look at me it's not you anymore it's me and that's I think,
2: yeah I think going on from that point sorry going on from that point I think the 11 data to start uh, the game from Dimi and that was the breakthrough as well just kind of really set the tone and as you say there wasn't any point in that game did I ever think that Dimitri van wasn't going to win. The only question was, whether they going to be 4-0 or 4-1? And realistically, Kim, I don't think ever did enough to win a set. Dimitri was just very comfortable. He made a 95 average, at like an 80. It was very
3: pedestrian. Yeah. And, but that is a credit to him for how well he played. Yeah, he did. He missed one dart, didn't he, I think, in set two to win that one. But that was really the only opportunity. And, you weren't particularly confident as he came to it last starting hand that he was going to take it, and straight after that, Dimmy steps up and takes out first start to sitting there on, on 16. So, yeah, I, I think that was probably the only point. Maybe if it goes to 1 1 there, something might have ignited, but yeah, it didn't ever look likely.
2: Before we talk, touch on Dimmy a little bit more, we'll, we'll touch on him in a second. A word on Kim hasn't been his greatest of years hasn't really performed that great on the TV. Yes, getting to a World Cup quarterfinal, but you know, first round, second round exits, at a lot of events. But in reality, when you look at it, in comparison to what he was defending at the World Championship, he's actually better he was defending a third round that he's got to the fourth. So he's kept himself in that top 32, which is crucial. But can he get back to those heights that we saw of him back in 2014 15 and start pushing towards that
3: top 16? You've been able to qualify for every event. I'm not sure. I I really want to say yes. I love myself a bit. <coughs> Sorry, I am ill and I am struggling with my voice. Uh, I do love myself a bit of Kim Hybrates, and I'd love to see him up there in every event. I mean, you see what he does on the big stage. I mean, he always does all right here at the Worlds when it's when it's the important stage. I mean, he's the only man to twice whitewash anyone on this stage in legs, and we know what he can do, especially when he's fired up and he's into it. But we don't. See it enough over the year, and I'm just not sure away from the big TV cameras that there's quite the same drive and motivation that we see when it when it really matters. I do wonder if Belgium
2: do win a World Cup in the next couple of years. Will that be the moment where Kim goes, ah, do you know what? I don't need to do anything more now." Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. Like maybe, but, but touching on the Dream Maker. I still vividly remember in 2017 18 when Cross won his world championship after watching him in the players' championship in the world youth final that year, watching him against Josh Payne, if memory serves me correctly, falling in love with the Dream Maker. And I'll I'll make no bones about that. He's now back into a quarterfinal stage and he played Rob Cross in that world championship quarterfinal the first time he made it. I even though I say, even though he's had a quiet year by his standards, he's picked up a couple of titles. Made a world uh, in in on the World Series, won the match play, uh, made the world back play semi-final. Sorry, excuse me. I've never seen him more ready to potentially go and win a world championship. And I'm not being funny. That game between himself and Johnny Clayton, that's going to be in the quarterfinal now. That to me also not just goes into a world championship semi-final, which both are looking to make for the first time that could be a massive, massive factor in who joins the Travelling Circus
3: next February. Yeah, it could be. could be massive for that. Um, But yeah, like you say, it's a real big opportunity for either of those two, to be honest, because you look at... okay, next they've got either Michael or Chris Dobie, who, I mean, again, was, was quite impressive today. But as much as Michael's played well so far... Somehow, still always looks beatable, even when he's even against Menster the other day when he averaged 111 for the most most of the game, he dropped off to 108 at the end. But he still looked like you could get at him. And either of those two will be fancy, especially if they can carry on being as clinical on the outer ring as both of them have been so far as well.
2: Well, let's hear then from Dimitri Vandenberg, he was the first man through on Friday's action just went through into the quarterfinals he played Johnny Clayton here's what he had to say
1: no premier league itself is an incredible incredible beautiful tournament to be part of and just think about it they've turned it in from 10 players to eight players so whoever is picked for this tournament yeah i say they deserved it because it's so difficult to get in but then again never look further than what's in front of you so in the next game for me is a quarterfinals I've had a good year, I didn't have a bad year. Pro tours, European tours, the best so far I've ever played in my career. Quarterfinal, semifinal in the majors, step-by-step. Yeah, step. Don't look ahead, don't rush ahead. Uh, look to my little daughter. She first has to learn to stand up before she can learn herself to walk around on two, uh, two legs. Like, yeah, I've got to do the same thing. Never rush ahead, step-by-step.
3: Step. It's a beautiful analogy. Yeah.
2: Do you know? I was just—you could see me in the back end there, Cam, and going like, "Wow, well, actually, he's talking sense." He yes, yeah. and and I'm amazed that he said that that was his—that this has been the best year of his career. When in 2020 he made a Grand Slam semi-final and won the World Match Play. Yeah. <laughs> but there we go. Uh, right, uh, we will talk a little bit more about that quarterfinal later on. A very good evening uh, to Jamie to HGV. Uh, to Tommy Tornado says, Are we going to take it into New Year's Eve? Well, we're hopefully not, but we will, but we'll see how we go on this thing. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. Geez, adventures. Yes, good evening. How are we, mate? Good to see you again. Uh, and uh, yes, there's, uh, well, I, I think it is a horrible re- uh, um, analogy, to be fair, Rainer, because I, I think that he, what he's making the point of is, is that he's got to learn, that, that he's got to realize that. Doesn't matter what what you've got to try and do. What's in front of you is the most important thing to achieve right now. And what he's trying to achieve is his first ever world semi final. Yeah. Uh, right. Let's move on uh, and talk about the second game of the day, which was a history making day for Germany. Apparently, one point four million people were watching in Germany. Gabriel Clemens beat Jim Williams four three. I imagine the viewing figures might be a little bit more going into New Year's Day, especially as it's on prime time in Germany, half past eight at Central European time. Uh, yep. I thought coming into this game that this would go five set, you know, it'd be deciding leg after deciding leg. And I said Alan Souter would come out on the right side of it. That is probably the most complete performance on television that I have seen from Gabe Clemens, And the only reason why it was 4-1 rather
3: than 4-0 is, is because he lost it on the outer ring in the second set. Yeah, that is is literally it. You're absolutely spot on. I mean, that 1.4 million viewing figures in Germany, I think most of them have been in the arena this week, to be honest. Every every game has been a home game for him, um, Mm. which must be helping. Um, I mean, it must be good for him to be standing up there and having the support of the majority of the crowd every day. But yeah, it's been really impressive and... Al from Al's Taiwan looks looks a danger to anyone. <laughs> I now can't unsee this. By the way, I no. now cannot unsee this. You will never. We should have the gift ready, like just to rock to rock it up at this point. Um, but yeah, he he's, he's been really impressive all the way through, and we know at some point he always has a little dip, and we've seen that from him over the years, and he will fall off for a little bit in a match. But he's playing well enough that that fall off is. A lot less than it has been. And also, it's not over as long a period. And then he's bouncing back and he's playing back at his, at his better level again. And I'm really impressed again. Like I, same as you, had Super Nick in this one in a 4 3. And I thought it was going to be really tight. But I thought if they get embroiled in a battle, Susa will, will do it. But no, Al got it all over the line and very, very comfortably in the end.
2: I'm sorry, I was just laughing at the fact that I've been called Steve Beaton of online darts. I am, This is late night eating. <laughs> it's late night eating, not late night beating anymore, everybody. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Gob boss. Oh, good evening, God. How, how are you, mate? Hope you had, hope you had your day well. He said, when did someone good looking uh, get to host? I don't know who you're watching. I don't know if, if, I don't know if you can see the
3: dog. Well, he actually on said God looking, which is... <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I've got a dog next to me. Maybe, maybe you think
3: you look that old.
2: Well, probably, yeah. I feel it at the moment. Let me tell you that for nothing uh, coming out of the back end of this World Championship. Um, We'll, we'll come back to Gabe a little bit in a moment, actually, because it's a seismic moment for German ducks. But I want to touch on Unsuited, if I may, another fantastic performance on the Ali Palisades. He reached the fourth round last year, reaches the fourth round this year, and crucially for him, he finishes inside the world's top 32 after two years. So he's got that brilliant platform now and a springboard to try and potentially get into that last 16. Yes, he's got uh, 45 you know first part of 45 grand to defend uh, at the world championships over the next 2 years each year, but that's a fantastic springboard for a man who no one re- no one
3: really expected to go and do this well over his previous 2 years. No, exactly that and yeah okay, it's quite a lot to defend over the next couple of years, but he clearly enjoys it up in this stage, you know. He clearly enjoys set play because he can Drive someone into a battle a little bit more in set play than you can in leg play. And you can be can be down in legs but still be level or ahead in the match. And I think that suits him and it suits his game. Um and he's doing all this while he's still a firefighter, if you didn't know. Did he does he also uh, help guide dogs as well? I think he does, yeah, I've heard that as well. And he yeah. also, I think he did the night shift on Christmas Day. Yeah, comms, I've mentioned that over the last few days. <laughs>
2: um, also, we'll move off suits if we can. But obviously, Alan, if you're watching, I don't know if you are, but if you are, you're welcome on this programme anytime. You're literally the nicest human being yeah. in the world. Um, seismic moment, as we say, for German darts, this. Gabe Clements getting over the line and getting into a world quarterfinal. That, we, we, we always thought that Maxi Hopp would be the German darts torchbearer. It ain't that anymore. and. The, the pdc have wanted germany to grow in this sport i think that's quite an obvious statement to make with the amount of euro tours that are there the world cups there every pissing year what <laughs> my point is is this though is the fact that now that they've made the quarter now he's made a quarter final if he were to go and beat the world number one that could just take him not just into the stratosphere into the dancing world but it would open the PDC up to a brand new market at this point. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I should stress this, I don't think he will. However, (laughs) moving into a quarter-final where it's going to be at 8.30 on New Year's Day, prime time in Germany, could be two, two and a half million watching this.
3: Yeah, at at least, yeah. I think you're right. I mean, yeah, they clearly, I mean, I think it's something like over third of the, Pro tours, uh, the Euro tours next year are in Germany. 18-13, um, so over half, I think. Yeah, and then you've got, obviously, yeah, like you say, you've got the World Cup there as well, which is... Is it Dortmund this year? Which I definitely... I think it's still in Frankfurt. And then you've got the European Championship in Dortmund. Oh, European Championship is Dortmund, sorry, yeah. And the Premier definitely League not in Berlin well. Yeah, it's a huge market. I mean, we know how much... Look how many have been there this week. Um. So we know it's a huge market. And like I say, we expected it to Max Hop. Max Hop now got a big battle on to try and get his tour card back. Um, but Gabe is is flying. And yeah, I don't think he wins either. But we've we completely ruined our predictions already. We've gone too early. But um, <laughs> no, nothing unusual there. <laughs> it's still a silent moment. and Let's hear from Gabe Clements, who
2: sets up a quarter final showdown with the Ger- with Go-In price. After a very comfortable win against Alan city
4: maybe it's uh, of, of course it's uh, a big thing for me, and uh, now I'm in the quarterfinals of the world. That's uh, it's good. Yeah, of course, uh, it's uh, it's nice to see uh, young people go to darts and play uh, play more darts, and uh, that's uh, that's nice.
1: Obviously, it's a family time of year at the moment, Christmas and New Year, but all those German fans that travel the uk to watch you play that must give you so
4: much confidence definitely it's uh it's amazing how many uh germans here in the crowd and uh they come to to look me (laughs) and it's 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 amazing
2: i think he's very happy about the fact that uh, that a lot of germans are there um quickly just very very quickly from preston uh william hill background says yes we need to change that now that we've got photos of the um Photos of the Wheel Hill background has gone. As Cam has just left us, which is a bit of a shame, as soon as he gets back in, uh, I will bring him back into the stream. Here he is. Hope he's all good. Apologies.
3: Uh, um, yeah, my... Never, ever happens. My internet's just dropped out. Um, well, so I've just had to log in on my phone.
2: Well, don't worry about it. You're fine. We're back with you, and that's always good. Uh, right, let's move on to game number three, where I thought... Could be the game of the day. I thought this could go seven sets. I expected a dirt Van Dive to Ross Smith. We didn't get that. What I think we did get of this game today between Michael Smith and Joe Cullen, that Michael Smith on 4-1, is that Michael Smith, now he's got the monkey off his back, looks very, very bloody good.
3: Yes. Yes, he does. And he looks just untroubled by everything, really. He just... Looks a little bit cooler and a little bit calmer up there, and I think he said it. He said it on his Instagram earlier in reply to the what Joe put up about sort of his performance, and said there was one moment which was a double ten to win a set that changed, kind of changed everything, and it could have been a lot closer than it was. But Smith, once he got out in front, just just ran away with it really, and and George just couldn't quite stick with him. Joe probably didn't play as well as as well as we know he can. I mean, we've seen some unbelievable performances from him up on that stage and, and on others, but he probably wasn't quite at his best. But he he would have had to be really, really good to beat Michael Smith today.
2: Yeah, I, I don't I don't dispute that. I think Cullen and, and Smith have met so many times that time now on TV especially this year, that it's starting to develop into a little bit of a rivalry. I don't know. But this is the first time I've looked at this game and gone... Well, I had Cullen coming out uh, at the the top half of the draw. That's why I went Cullen in this game. Although my head was definitely saying Michael Smith should win this game. And he not only won it, he absolutely obliterated Cullen. Cullen won't be disheartened, I don't think, on this one. I don't think that it completely ruins his Premier League chances because, of course, he was a dart away from winning it on his debut year. But that one will hurt
3: I think the Rockstar a little bit. Yeah, I think it will. Um, like you say, I think I don't think anyone that makes the final the year before shouldn't be in it the year afterwards. I don't think it should hurt his chances whatsoever. Like you say, he was he was a dart away from winning it, which would have guaranteed him it. I don't think that should that should put you out the year afterwards and I mean, he's the perfect man for the travelling circus as well, because he's just, he's a good guy, he's really marketable. He's enjoyable to watch. He plays at a good pace. I mean, I don't understand why you wouldn't have him in there anyway, but
2: as that's a, a conversation
3: a for another as well. day. Has well. about a, a walk-on song as well.
2: Love a bit of Oasis. Uh, we, 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 we'll touch off Joe Cullen a little bit and move back onto Michael Smith. I I can't believe I'm uttering these words, but because because if you'd have told me this six months ago, I'd have gone. You're ludicrous. But four finals this year, one of them that he's got over the line and got the big TV title and got the monkey off his back. Is he the biggest danger to the other Michael now? Because Gezi does has not for me has never never looked comfortable throughout this entire tournament, and Michael Smith. The game that that convinced me that he can go and win the World Championship was not this one. It was last one. Because 18 months ago, he lost that game 4-1. Uh,
3: yeah, of course he would. I mean, like it felt like every leg we were seeing Schindler's fist at the end of it, like, just <laughs> giving it... <so. laughs>
2: Don't take that one off the uh, DVD. That's on the top shelf, I think, isn't it? Yep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, sorry, uh, sorry yeah. Sorry, God. Yeah, that was, few that's ago. what it felt like, though. Every leg, it felt almost that he was winning. But somehow, we still came through that and won it. And, and yeah, I think we underestimate sometimes with how much he's, we've gone on and people have said about Michael Smith and not winning things. I mean... We underestimate how good you have to be to consistently make finals in the PDC. Like and whether you get over the line or not, you're still playing at a hell of a level to get there. And now he's actually won one as well. I mean, I always thought he was the biggest danger to to Michael in the tournament. Anyway, I picked him to win it and beat Michael in the final. So that <laughs> that was um kind of where I was at. I do think he's still a danger though. Um I'm actually sort of think he's more of a danger now than I did beforehand because he's played nowhere near his best, but he's comfortably beating everyone. And I think that's a better position to be in than someone that's absolutely rolling off big averages but still getting embroiled.
2: Well, we're going to hear from Michael Smith now after his game against Joe Cullen and see if he thinks that he's the favourite now to go and lift the Superdale trophy.
1: Uh, Michael's the red off favourite and is always going to be, even if he's had a poor year. I don't mean this year, but even if he had a poor year, he'd still be read out favour. Either there's me, Gez and Michael left. Whoever wins, you're world number one, you're the best player in the world, your favourite. I just want to come in, I just want to play the best players because it shows where you've come. I don't want, my first year yeah, the first time I've reached the world final, I played John Anderson second round, didn't play a seed then until the final, which was Michael. I want to play the best players, I want to beat the best players and I want to Showing the games come, so I just want to keep going now. And even when I like, I got the bug, it was like the only thing I want to do is be world champion. If if you get world champion, you complete something every night. Even now at 32, I practice all the time and phone for like I've got 100 left if you hit this, you to be world champion. I've got 102 if you hit this, 170. Keep telling myself every time you hit it, you'll be world champion. I was like drilling it in myself. So yeah, just. Everything I'm doing is for that one thing. And if I don't win on the first, I know on the second when I go home, I'm going to practice, I saying, practice my ass off and come back for the next one and keep working as hard as I can. It's, the mentality
2: change in Michael Smith is is ridiculous because after that UK Open final, in particular, when he didn't particularly do great against Danny Knopford, You'd think uh, on that aspect of it, you'd really think that he could have, he could have really, he could have done a Terry Jenkins then and just never, ever got over the line. But the fact that he made it, he he got back to finals and now he's won one. I have never heard Buddy Boy sound this relaxed.
3: And a relaxed Michael Smith at a quarterfinal of a world is dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Like you say, it would have been so easy for him to have. Like I say, it, I mean, that was the one that everyone looked at and said he should have won. I mean, Danny didn't play particularly well and, and won that game. And then he came back, made another one, played unbelievably well and got beat off Ross Smith. And you think, right, is it ever going to happen? And then, he then made another one, won it, and now he's here. And I mean, the guy just looks comfortable and he looks like he's made for it
2: move on then to the evening session in just a moment. A very warm welcome though to everyone else who's still joining us in the chat room. Hello, Rose. Hope you're doing uh, all good. Hello, Excalibur. Hope that uh, everyone else in the chat room is having a lovely Friday evening. Don't forget you can get involved right now by just putting a comment. We'll put your comments up around the predictions a little bit later on as well. So we'll uh, make sure that you get that there for you. Uh, Moving on then to the evening session and... Yeah, I'll, I'll call this an upset. I don't mind saying this, because Rob Cross seemed to be getting back to the form where he won the World Championships in 2018, although he was not surviving match darts like he was in every other bloody round, it felt like, for him. Um, but it looked like he just folded a little bit under the pressure. Chris Doby has now knocked out two World Champs in the back end of these last events. He's, he's made the... For, he knocked out Gary Anderson in round three. Now Rob Cross in round four, and he's got an opportunity to knock out another world champion in, in the quarterfinals. This is a very good run for Dobbs.
3: Very, very good run for Dobby. Um Yeah, I thought Rob started really well in this game, and like you say, it was just there's just that moment when after, I'm struggling slightly here because now I've had to switch to my phone because I'm yeah. I don't make any notes in paper format. Everything's on my phone as are the stats. I've never got nothing to go off, but pretty sure in, it, there was there was a moment where he could he could have gone three one up. I think he did. Yeah, I think he missed a
2: dot no, 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 he didn't. He didn't, ever, he didn't ever get set four darts, but I'm pretty sure he didn't. Anyway, no,
3: no, no, maybe not. not. But it, it it felt like he had an opportunity at that point to sort of to get ahead, and then when Dolby'd levelled, and then through a really good set in set five to, to get in front for the first time, you kind of thought, he's in trouble here now. From looking really comfortable in the first couple of sets, he's he's right in bother now. And, and then Dolby served it out really nicely after that.
2: Uh, just a quick one as well. Good evening, Mr. Bars. Uh, I, I, I know what you're talking about on the uh, nine to one. Uh, we will come on to him in just a little bit. Um, a word on cross, though, uh, if I may... Uh, I actually think he's had a very, very solid year, actually, Rob Cross. I think th- there's been times where he's got somewhere back to his best. He's obviously got up to world number six now. And, of course, next year he's defending the big one in that sense of, of, of the European Championship that's on his ranking. But, you know, he, he didn't do too badly. He made a runners-up at the Players' Championship finals, another third round here at the Worlds. Again, I, I, as I've always said before, he almost won the match play and the, the, the Worlds too early in his career and now we're starting to see a little bit more that's available on that one he's obviously going to Bahrain for the world uh, for the for the for the uh, for the Bahrain darts masters i don't see the pre, uh, the pdc picking him for the premier league unfortunately for him but for world number 6 now voltage has got an opportunity this year to try and, and get and make sure that he stays around that top four, 5 and top 8 to make sure that he gets decent draws going into the next few uh, next few tournaments
3: yeah, he has. I think he's had a really good year. We've seen him a real resurgence from him this year and back to something of what you would call his best. Maybe not quite. He hasn't looked like he's quite got that very top year that he had when he went and won the Worlds. But he looks right right near to it and like it's really close. Like you say, I, I think the Premier League has gone for him now. I think he probably had to at least make the final, if not win this event, if he was going to get a chance. Um according to Scott Williams, he was turning it down anyway. So it didn't really matter whether he got it or not. So um, <laughs> I suppose that one that one is what it is. But yeah, I think for him now, he's going to miss that next year. But that might be a good thing. The way he's playing and to not have to deal with that week in, week out and be able to focus on the events that he's going to have good draws in and he's going to be involved in and go deep in. I think it could be a really good thing for him. I think we could see a big year from him next year.
2: Yeah, but Chris Dobie, I mean, finally got over the ump in sense of uh, getting into that world quarterfinal for the first time. He's now up to number 20 in the world. If you were to win that quarterfinal, which is going to be quite difficult, there's no doubt about that. But if you were to win the quarterfinal, he would break the top 16 for the first time ever as well. So a huge moment here for Chris. Again, it seems like he's gone really through that process. You know, a couple of pro tours uh, over the last couple of years, he's got there. He's now starting to get on the Euro Tour a bit more regularly. He's making big semi-finals and big uh, big tournaments again. You know, he's already done it at the Players' Championship, done it at the World Grand Prix. He's starting to get consistency in his game. Uh, He's been talked about for a while now as someone who might be able to finally
3: break through into this game, and he's showing it on the biggest stage of all. He is, yeah, and we know he's got sco- like he's got unbelievable scoring power. Like, he's as good as anyone when that first art lands at uh, following it. There's, I mean, that final set, um, and the, the final leg or the second to yeah. last leg where he went, The uh, final leg wasn't it, where he went one three four, one three four, one three three to leave a yes. hundred after nine. It was, it was just so good. Like, straight away, the switch down, good first start, follow it with the second one, and but now he's starting to add the bit where he looks like he can get it done on the outer ring as well when it matters, and that is a worry for everybody, because if he can put the two together, you ain't beating
2: him. You could be ending up with a new world champion. Let's just say that. He's only three games away from doing it, but uh, the big thing for him is to get him into the quarterfinals, the first time ever. Chris Dobie
4: is there, and this is what he has to say afterwards. Oh, that'll be unreal. Obviously, um, I've had dreams about it for uh, many times. Obviously, not even about the trophy, just taking it around St James's Park. That'll be that'll be unreal. Obviously, um, missing the game tomorrow night now, but hey, if I'm lifting that trophy at the, end, at the start of the new year, um, I'll be happy. Yeah, our message does that straight away. <laughs> but uh, no, I still keep in touch with all them. them. Um, every day, the messages go off. Uh, we'll rinse each other, but hey, it's it's good fun. Um, it's it's just nice to have those people, obviously what Glenn done in the game, obviously joining the likes of Callan, Ryan and Glenn in the quarterfinals as well. They've, they've done it before, and I, I could never get over that hurdle. So, like I said, getting over that hurdle... Uh, to be amongst them lads, it's min. Yeah, of course. Obviously, uh, that was the last time I played him. So, if it is Michael, I won the last one. Uh, and as people say, you're only as good as your last game.
2: They certainly do, Chris. As Cam's now
3: joined us, rejoined us back from his old position, which is lovely. Uh Right, <laughs> let's move forward a little bit better. I can actually now look back at my notes as well, which is nice. Very good. We'd love to see that. Uh, right. Uh, let's talk then about the
2: game. Of, well, what was billed as the game of the day it wasn't really. I don't think. I think can't really claim any of them really to be game of the day. They were all a bit. They are all a bit there. You know, a bit yeah. more, Most of the time, it was after. Felt like after the Lord. Mayor's show a little bit. Um, but this is ty- t- uh, talent as the game of the day. I've got to say from both players it's sort of disappointed really. Uh, but the thing is though for Dirk in particular when you have what is the game of the tournament in my opinion the second best game to ever be played on the uh, alley-pally stage behind that semi-final between Cross and Van Gerwen anything afterwards that doesn't go seven sets and doesn't hit 35-180s between the pair and have more drama is gonna be is gonna be rubbish, but well
3: not rubbish, more well, rubbish in comparison, I should stress. Yeah, I mean yeah <laughs> we're saying rubbish, I mean Michael's averaged a hundred, but we were discussing this, um myself and and Paul Sandbrook, who's probably in the chat somewhere he's sat in the sports room at the moment, listening watching and listening to me as we break in our game of darts that we were having. But we were discussing this about Michael and the fact that A 100 average from him is poor because he throws so many 10, 11 and 12 darters that in between that, it's not so good. And he misses a lot of doubles and he doesn't score as well, but he will still always be around that sort of 100, 102 average because of how good the other legs are. And because he's such a high standard at those, he can then afford to throw 17, 18s, 20s and still be at that level. And that's why he always looks beatable, even when he's throwing at such a high average. And why, for a moment, when Dirk got it back to 2-1, it looked like he could get back into this and was close to actually levelling until he fell apart in that deciding leg in the fourth set. The big thing for me is is the darting percentage on the checkout. 7-24 to
2: for Dirk, and he missed so many darts in those first two sets in particular which in, in the end, MBG won. You cannot give MBG chances like that. Um, a word on Dirk, though. Uh, it's another tournament where he's flattered to deceive a little bit. And you, I love me the Aubur genius. Love me some tight and love everything about him. But this is why everybody who says get him in the Premier League, this is why he's not a PL player just yet. You still can't get over the line in big occasions very often. Appreciate what happened in between Ross Smith. I get that. But the World Series of Darts finals, okay, the game against Ryan Searle, which is also another candidate for match of the year. I just don't think in the pressure cooker, in the proper pressure cooker, he'd be there. And, like, do I think he'll win a TV title? Yes, I do but he's not ready just yet. I don't think he'll take that next step. Although he's ended the year world number 13, which is a very good achievement for him.
3: Yeah, it, it, it's impressive from him and he's... But I do agree with you. We see it in flashes and we don't see it for long enough. Like, the 170 was magic. There were... Some of the scoring was magic. It wasn't up there with how we know he can score and how he did against Ross, but we, we know what he's got in his locker. I mean, That game against Ross was unbelievable, but yes, he got over the line in one finally, but at the end of the day, it was a third round game. It's not actually, it's not in that much, is it? Like, you're not getting over the line in in a big one. And it's close, and I do think it is close, but the composure when he needs it is just still not quite there for me. But I do think it will come, and I think within the next year or two, we're going to see it and he's going to win something big. But yeah, I I want him in the Premier League because meant I don't, I, I, honestly, I, I don't want any of the top players in the Premier League. I want people that are just entertaining and fun. Like, yeah. do away with the, do away with your Peter Wrights and Gessies and let's have like Dirk and Ross Smith and Cullen and Smith well, and Humphreys and let's just have what people that are just fun and Josh Rock like are just going at it week in, week out, rather than making it into something about the best in the world. Make it the next ones coming up. Well,
2: I'm sure we can have that conversation <laughs> on the uh, on the live lounge on Wednesday, the fourth of January, with Phil Bars, Jack Cobby Garwood, and Lee Boyce. Uh yeah, Mervyn, James Wade, absolutely no chance in my Premier League lineup, I should no, stress. Never, um, ever. Let's go back to the worlds, though, and let's talk about the Green Machine. The only man to average hundred in all three games in his uh, in so far in this tournament. I called it probably from July as soon as he won the match play. I lumped on uh, fifty quid at uh, four to one with our sponsors, actually, with Betfred. So gamble responsibly, everybody. Um, of course, I'm going to take them to the cleaners if that comes in. Um, Premier League, World Match Play, Grand Prix, Players Championship. He's not at 16 level, but he's at 17, 18, 19 level. I genuinely don't see how, I mean, like I said, he made a 100 average look pedestrian tonight. I don't see how, I know he's there to be beaten, but he's barely played his C game tonight and he's won 4-1. I don't see how he gets beat, personally.
3: See, I think, I do think he gets beat. And I think if you can average 100, 102 against him, but consistently, not the way he does it, going up, down, up, down, up, down to end up at that level where one leg is averaging 130 and the next leg is averaging 80. If you can just consistently be at that level, someone like Michael Smith, who will do it consistently throughout, or Gezi, if he's playing somewhere up near his best, not what we've seen from him so far, but what we know he can get to, then I think he's, he is very beatable because you do get opportunities, and he will miss doubles. He's not the most clinical on the outer ring, and I think you can get at him. And I think that I, I think he goes to the final, but I think that is where Michael Smith will beat him as we go along because I think. He will just slightly out double him, which you wouldn't say about Michael Smith maybe a year ago. Wouldn't say about
2: whether. six months ago.
3: But I think he will, and I think well, he has done this year on tour.
2: I still can't see anybody touching him, but we are I I I can't now see anything else other than a Michael B. Michael final. That's where I, I do generally think we can all agree on on this one. But Let's talk to, well, let's hear from him, I should say. I wish we could talk to Michael Wangeman, but unfortunately, it'd be be great, wouldn't it? He's dropping in at the bottom. It'd be lovely if he was here, but he's not. But he did speak to uh, the media after his game, and this is what he had to say.
4: Was it obvious? (laughs) Was it? No, he was trying a little bit, but yeah. I forgive him for that. Is it nice
2: that players have resorted back to that kind of thing to try and meet?
4: If people try to do things to Slow me down things like to beat me. I know I already got them in my pocket, so better they just keep playing their own game because if they don't play their own game, they never can beat me anyway.
2: I love it when MB when confident MBG, yeah, darting, darting dark arts
3: are, are back up on stage. Here we go. I do, I do think though, like he is right, and I've said this all year you can't try and slow him down because it doesn't matter, like he doesn't run up to the hockey anyway. He just he gets there when he's ready to get there and then the tempo of his throw is always the same anyway. So it doesn't matter if you try and slow him down because once he gets the hockey, he's still going to throw at the same tempo and the darts are going to come out the same anyway. So there's no point trying to do that. Just focus on your own game. And that's what it was great to see Menta do the other night and actually just play his own game and play the best we've ever seen him play up on, probably on any TV stage, to be honest. Apart from maybe that Champions League of darts, but certainly in the ranking yeah. event,
2: I totally, I totally agree with you on that. Um, what what I find interesting as well, by the way, is that he called out cross in his Sky interview and said that he collapsed. And you, yeah, didn't, did. you didn't you didn't hear this much from MBG before he started no. getting back towards somewhere near his best. So he feels it. He knows that everybody else on the rest of the field is looking very very closely indeed. Yeah. And remember, of course, everyone that if he does win this tournament, he will be the world number one again, and he will be. Uh, but one and one by a clear two hundred thousand pounds. So the next time, realistically, that uh, Pete Wright's going to get a chance to get at him, they will take it close to uh, the world number one spot. Is the world match play so very very important? Remember, if, if Pete Wright had actually gone further into tour, Maggiesy Price would have lost the world number one slot by one uh, by if he'd have gone to the fourth round. So it's quite interesting on that one. But that's another issue for another time. We've got to move on and talk about our final game in twenty twenty two, which sounds very weird to say to be honest. Um Luke Humphries against Stephen Bunting. This game, I didn't expect the result of this at all. Luke has been uh, struggling with illness. We know this. But even so, the resurgence of Stephen Bunting. Let's go Bunting mental, everybody. He is back and he's in a World Championship quarterfinal for the first time in two years. Of course, when we made the final against Gerwin Price two years ago in the COVID world. He, he looked really good. I know, that's a very simple statement but I think that's the right thing to say. he just looks really good isn't it average nearly a ton
3: Yeah. The, yeah he just that's two games in a row where he's looked absolutely brilliant the 140 hitting is just phenomenal like is it I think now if I'm right from the other day I think it was 26 against Chizzy and is it 19 so is it 45 140s over his last two games along with a bunch of 180s as well and he just looks very difficult to beat and the bullet is firing and we maybe shouldn't say that in Liverpool at the moment but um yeah get down, down a path there. Let's get out of that one quick, move uh, on. Quick, let's, let's move on, move on. Yeah. Move on. Uh, the, the Tom Pussies as well, Tom Pussies from him as well, he just, he doesn't look like missing, I mean he was nearly 50% on his doubles today anyway but... There were three big finishes in there, and I wouldn't want to play him. I would I, not want to play him at all right now. I
2: tell you what was really, really quickly. Just what I really was impressed by when I thought he's got this game in the bag, and this was in the second set when Humphreys was averaging mid eighties. When he went for the one two seven in game, when he didn't need to, Luke was on like uh, three hundred and fifty points still, yeah. and he took the one two seven in game out on the ball. And he didn't need to, and I just thought, "Wow, that's a bloke who feels so confident that he's going
3: to go on and win this game," and he did. Yeah, and that—that that was literally it. It was, he just he thought, "Well, I might as well go for it because I'm going to hit it anyway, and if I don't hit it, I'll take out the twenty-five because he took that out about four times as well in this match." So he's just 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 not bothered. I'll just I'll just go for it, and it's going to go.
2: Before we move on to hear from The Bullet, a word on Luke, who's had a phenomenal year. There's no doubt about that. Four Euro Tour victories. The only thing... and you know, it means the World League champion. He's won multiple Pro Tour titles as well this year. The only thing missing now on the TV... Is, well, there's two things missing. Uh, there's the big TV title and obviously the star on the shirt. Now, I never thought that Luke was a serious threat. I'll be honest with you in this World Championship. I thought that that second quarter of the draw was was he just wasn't going to get past Michael Smith or Joe Cullen whichever one of the two would get out of there yeah. but I'll say this to him semi-finals of the players championship I believe memory says correctly when I made the semi-finals of the the Slam as well he's already made a UK Open final last a couple of years back when he lost to James Wade there's no doubt that Coolhand is really start. I mean he went a quarter final as well at the Euros as well so quarter final semi-final semi-final in his last 3 TV ranking events. He's now world number five. He will be, unless something ridiculous happens. Obviously, him and Cross could uh, be, be quite close to himself and Cross, but he could be part of the World Cup pairing as well next year. Cool hand yep. is on the rise. There's no doubt about that. It's just, I've got to say, it's just a, me- me- a matter of when, not if he does get at least the, uh, at least get the TV uh, title checked off.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. I think he's too good not to... Um, thanks for bringing up the um the UK Open final again, where well, I had him at 100 to 1 each way for that time. I had Brady at 33. Yes, <laughs> at 100 to 1 each way. Um, obviously, I still won, but. Yeah, if you would won the tournament, it would have been a much better result. I weighed his at 33s, mate, so I'll take that any day of the week. Know, you made me aware at the time, You no need to bring you back up again. Um, oh, there is, let me
2: tell you. Because my betting at the minute is so poor, especially on the nags. But well, that's another issue for another
3: time. I've given up. Yeah. <laughs> I've, no, I've actually given I've fully given up. Um, I My betting accounts have been closed. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, he's... It is a matter of, of when and not if for me. I think he is just too good. And when he is really at it, then I think we will. He, he's almost, it's the speed he plays out as well. He, games get away from you in no time. You lose a couple of legs and all of a sudden you, you're miles behind without even realising. But not today. And, and I think this was a big moment for Stephen Bunting. And he, he always does well up on this stage. Not always, but a lot of the time he performed well up on here, and it will be tough for Michael Smith. But as I'm going to give Paul Samberg a little shout out because he is sat in the other room, he did only take out one two seven his highest checkout. Paul did take out one three three against me earlier, and he wants a shout for it. So <laughs> it it was a very good one three three as well. All three of them were banging the middle. Um, it was still only for about a thirty three dart leg, but how it works but,
2: but Stephen
3: Bunting is now
2: back up to world number 24 with that victory he could actually go uh, up to world number 19 if he were to go on and win this quarter final we will touch more about Stephen Bunting uh, and Michael Smith in a second when we preview all the quarter finals but let's hear it from the bullet in his press
1: I don't want to relax to be honest I want, I want the best players in the world and I want to prove myself as being one of the best players in the world I know I am I know I've put the effort in this year Sometimes in the past I can have been, been accused of, of being a lazy dar player Sitting on my me, on me bus Playing the Playstation a lot um, I'm really good at FIFA now uh, But <laughs> it's time to man up It's time to become a proper dar player again And um, yeah I love it And when you look back in the crowd The crowd's all on my back I look back in my corner I've got my son there cheering me on My missus I've got... Um, my manager as well, and that listen that I play for them, as well as myself.
2: He sounds very relaxed, and uh, I, I'd like to challenge him to a game of FIFA, actually, because I've got FIFA finally for Christmas, so I'm very excited to be playing that a little bit later on.
3: Yeah, um, I've not played it for about three years, but...
2: Uh, quickly, just a quick one as well. Uh, a very good evening to Mr Chris Mason in the chat room. Um By the way... This? It, by the way, I, I'm not just saying this because he's in the chat room. I've, I've told him this uh, <laughs> for quite a while. If you don't have Sky or if you, you can't watch it or if you need to follow it, 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 do- it shouldn't work. But let me tell you what bloody does. Darts on the radio on TalkSport 2, an excellent listen, especially when I've been walking the dog recently in the afternoons, having that in the car, having that in the uh, in the ear on the AirPods with Chris and Nico, Ian Danter, Mark Wilson, Abby Davis as well. Chris Murphy is going to be joining the team as well. Uh, for the quarterfinals and very well deserved as well Murph if you are watching so make sure if you are around if you are about on out about on New Year's Day can't watch the quarterfinals listen on TalkSport to the darts on the radio trust me it works uh, right let's talk about in my opinion it sounds stupid to say this on the first day of the year but in my opinion this is the best day of the darts all year four games best of nine sets it is gonna be mental. It should be crack. It should be a cracker. And now, chat room, as well for people who are watching us live on YouTube, get your predictions in because we're going to talk through all four quarterfinals that we're going to have on New Year's Day. We get going at 12:30 p.m. GMT. And we start off with the quarterfinal in quarter number two. Dimitri Vandenberg taking on Johnny. Clayton, this is an interesting one for me. Yes, you're right, Tommy, it is the best birthday present. Uh, happy birthday, by the way, Tommy, for New Year's Day. Uh, so, Dimmy against Johnny, in in some ways, I did think that this could be the quarter final. In other ways, I didn't expect that. Obviously, when Rock came through against Clayton, I thought that Rock would get the job done. Uh, but there we go. Uh, this is a really tight game, I think. This could go either way. And it, I think it's all going to come down to whether Dimi can, can stay around on the outer ring because we know that playing his A game, the ferret is going to be there or thereabouts on the outer ring, taking out big out shots.
3: Yeah. It's... I think it's a really good game. And... But... Do you just think that Johnny's playing a little bit too well? And he's peaked at the right time. He wasn't good for a large part of the year. And he wasn't anywhere near what he'd been for the last sort of eighteen months, two years or so that we'd seen him before that. But we've seen him just gradually get better and better as this year's gone on. And now he looks really good. And I just thought against Rock were everybody who's been talking up, you know, Josh and basically Almost not giving Johnny a chance in that and then Josh came out and fired in that first set, and you're thinking, all right, yeah, everyone was right, he hasn't got a chance here. He is just so clinical on the outring. I mean, he's averaging over 50% on his doubles and we're in the quarterfinals, right? Like, that's just ridiculous at this stage, and he's way above anyone else, I think. I don't think anyone is even near that. And I think that will be the difference in this game. Because he'll he'll score well enough that he'll keep up with Dimmy, but he'll finish better than him. And I think that'll do it. And I think he wins 5-3. Do you know, weirdly enough, I've actually got the same scoreline as you, which means only one thing. der Vandenberg is going to go and win the game. And yeah, me, hey, and Char- uh, me and Charlie did this the other day as well and got no one here, any of them, because we kept picking the same thing.
2: But the thing is, is, though, is the fact that if you look at the stats as it is right now, Dimi played, Dimi's played really well, especially the scoring phase of the game. He's, he's been excellent. He just... Tends sometimes to go a little bit missing, in particular on the doubles. And the Ferret is one of the best double hitters in the game. Like when he won that World Grand Prix, as you mentioned, he had a 50% start and 50% finish rate on his doubles, which is just Mental. unheard of. Um, yeah, I, I, I've got to go 5-3 as well, uh, for, for these reasons that you've already said. Uh, HGV says Dimmy 5-4. Lee Seymour's going Johnny Clayton 5-4. Uh, where have we got Jack Nolte saying dimmy beats Johnny 5-4 that could be quite good Clayton 5-3 it's a real toss-up in the chat room uh, for that one which I, I think is a fair assessment I really do actually that game could go either way uh, in particular uh, right moving on to uh, quarter final number two Michael Smith against Stephen Bunting the St. Helens showdown is that what I'm going to call it uh, th- this is a game that, again, I didn't see coming. I didn't see Stephen Bunting definitely getting out of this part of that bottom port- quarter of the uh, quarter two. But here we are. Um, normally, I'd say that this should be quite a simple and straightforward win for Michael Smith. I don't think it will be, considering the way the bullet is playing. Um, but I still think he gets the job done. I think he's going to go to a, a few five set, a few uh, deciding legs, and I'm going to say Smith wins this. I'm going to say he wins it 5-2, but it's going to be a lot closer than the school line suggests.
3: Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on this. I, I've got 5-3 Smith, but the same sort of thing. I think it's one of those games where it could, probably two legs away from being 5-3 Bunting instead of 5-3 Smith. Like I think it is going to be that close, and it will be key shots at the right time. But I just think Michael Smith will be the more clinical when it comes down to it, and will take those chances. But yeah, I think I think Bunting puts up a re- another really good shot.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Preston's going five three. Smith five two. Smith says Harry five three. Says Jack. Tommy says five three as well. Five four. Smith. And Gob is going 5-2 Ferret and 5-2 Smith. So he's covering his ass there, that one. That's called covering the spread, everybody. Um, yeah, yeah, G's going 5-3 Smith. I think most people are saying the same thing. I think it's going to be 5-2 or 5-3. I just think that Smith's got that scoring phase. Particular, but And Bunting's got to be good on the doubles. But I just think in the pressure cooker moments, I'm going to say Michael Smith makes that semi-fine. Um, moving on to the evening session and we talked about this I think the reason why people have asked this um, why the games are the way they are certainly on the quarterfinals, about Smith bunting in the afternoon and Price in Clemens in the evening is because two reasons one you're not putting the world number one in an afternoon session for a kickoff. off nope. and two more importantly a half eight on a, on, a, on a German night on New Year's Day will get the viewing figures past two, two and a half million so that game could be anything and with that German crowd, I think, and especially with the way <clears throat> excuse me, that if Clemens scores the way that he's been doing, I reckon he's got half a chance here.
3: He's certainly got a chance. He really has. Um if they don't between now and the first get some plastic steins in at the Ali Pallet, I mean it just needs to be done. Um, <laughs> you just gotta do it. There's too many Germans there. There's there's too it's too much of a home game for him. They need to have steins. If you've yeah. not got steins, it doesn't count. And some works. proper beer as well would help. <laughs> what I they, they still got Fosters on tap there. Um,
2: I'm trying to remember. Your yeah. lot have got Fosters as well and Strongbow. they can do it the PDC.
3: It's certainly a pally pally. Your lot certainly still have that. Uh, uh, the old Emirates Old Trafford at the yeah. um, at the cricket ground, yeah, yeah. We have we have got Aussie Piss and <laughs> Wrong ball <bowl>. um, <laughs> it responsibly, everyone. Yeah, Aussie Piss and Wrong ball, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember actually from from last year when I was third I'm still, at the Amstel at Alley Pally. Okay. Oh, wait, we've got yeah. Amstel as well at, at Emirates Emirates Old Trafford. Maybe they just got the same contract.
1: Yeah.
3: Is it still the Wrong ball goal? Yeah, I think it is. Mm, I think okay. that's why I can't remember what the logo was because I think I looked at it and went, "No, you're all right," and I drunk one instead. Fair, all right. Anyway, <laughs> back to yeah, anyway, plastic signs. <laughs> Get plastic signs in because do some little like charge a couple of quid for them, put a little PDC logo on them, make a fortune. Um, salesman. The salesman never leaves you, <laughs> but. I think he plays well, but I think he gets beat, Gabe, because I think we see Gezi up it a little bit again because he seems to have done that every round so far without still looking great. But I still think it will be enough for him to win this and he wins it 5-3. Yeah,
2: I'm going to go 5-2, but in the same breath of Smith Bunting, I think it's going to be a 5-2 that doesn't reflect the scoreline. I think... I think there's going to be more deciding legs here, and because of the experience of Price, and because he'll want, to, he'll want that second world title, I think he gets the job done five-two. As does G Adventures. Harry's going for the whitewash five-nil. I can't see that happening. No, you know, I can't either. I think I think Harry's playing too well for that. Yeah. yeah, the crowd's going to help him massively as well because even uh, I mean the, the the German crowd are nowhere near as bad as the British crowd in terms of booing Price, but. Even so, they'll give him a good send-off. Let me tell you that for now. Um, like uh, oh yeah, you were a game behind. Sorry, uh God. Yeah, you were. Sorry about that, mate. Uh yeah, he's gone five two Clayton and five two Smith. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh Price five, two for Jack. HGB's gone five one, Tommy's gone five two, Lee's gone five one. Uh so yeah, I think I think most people are pretty similar on this one. Preston's gone five three. And gob has gone 5-2 as well. So we'll move on to the final game then of New Year's Day. It was going to be Michael Van Gerwen against Chris Dobie. And I do think it's a very similar scenario to the previous games. I think it's going to go close in terms of there's going to be a few more deciding legs. I do think that that the the scoreline will not reflect the game. But I do think that MBG wins this 5-1 because that's the way it is. Like, I remember the World Court, the World Grand Prix Court semi-final that he had against Chris and Of course, you've got to try and take away the double in, double out on that one. But I, 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 he just didn't... I appreciate sure that was the first semi-final that he'd made and all the rest of it as well. But I just think that MBG is playing outstanding at the moment. And I think that 5-1 is a pretty good reflection of where the game's going to be. But again, it's going to be the signing legs. And I just think that MBG is going to do enough.
4: Yeah. I don't know.
3: Ooh. I'm not so sure, but massive, massive caveat on this. Mm-hmm. If Chris Dolby loses the first set, yes. this doesn't happen. An MBG wins 5-1 or 5-2 if he gets out in front. But if Dolby wins the first set, he wins this game 5-4. Because he will settle into the game, and I think his scoring will give him enough chances. Wow. That's a brave statement to make. Yeah. And Dob's gone 5-1 gone MVG, so it does prove that he does have a number other than 5 or 2 on his keyboard because literally he's gone 5-2 in every other game. Yeah. Uh, Preston's gone
2: 5-3. Nels is quite rightly pointing out that Dobie's already beaten him this year, which he has done, but he's not in the, but not in a set play event, I don't believe, remember says remember correctly. Yeah, um, so can't go against MPG. Close game, but MPG here at 5-3. Yeah, most people are going 5-3 as well. And mm-hmm. Harry has gone for five legs to five sets to two.
3: Um, Jesus, that's bold from me. I mean... It's not a hot ball for me. I, we know I love a ball prediction anyway. I'm never the most. Uh, no. uh, Excalibur, do not.
2: I know the uh, the Fighting Irish and the Gamecocks having an absolute barnstormer, which I can't wait to watch in a bit. And Tennessee versus Clemson in the Orange Bowl, and the college football playoff tomorrow night.
3: Let's again. talk about the real football playoffs, not the let's, college let's ones. The, the National moment. Football League let, let, is where talk we're talking about. Because we've got to go. Uh, no, at a serious. We've, we've actually managed to do more than me and Gob usually do here. which, oh. which is some is some going to be fair.
2: Yeah, well, let's. Well, like I say, it has been a genuine pleasure being back on the fallout bar and seeing you into the new year as well, uh, into New Year's Eve at least for people in the UK. Maybe We've nearly seen them course. into the new year, to be honest. We, oh, been going well, we probably will do. Um, before we do go, actually, what what would you take away from this year in darting-wise? Let's let, let's go with that, actually. Uh, what would you take away from this year darting-wise? What's been like the, the, the moment that you remember most, do you think? What's that? What's the moment that automatically there's, comes
3: to mind? There's There's only one for me, and it's 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 that moment of Michael Smith led on the floor, finally having got over the line. That's that is the overriding moment that that sticks with me from this year. It just it was just just really nice to see. Like you could see how much he meant. Like just flat out on the floor, just didn't really even celebrate. It was just re- relief. And that's the overriding moment for me. Uh,
2: I, I appreciate it. it might be a bit of recency bias, but I'll say the 71 from, from Dirk yesterday. Because I think that's probably the... I mean, he, he's been involved in two games the year. The Ryan Searle game where he averaged 114 over 19 legs is absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah, we don't mention him, uh, Paul, on this show. Yeah, get uh, out. <laughs> uh, no, but on a serious note, like, you know, I, I don't...
3: I I I call, I call a mismatch starts with an exhibition. From well
2: Tommy's. he did he, <laughs> he did mismatch darts with a glorified expo, there's no doubt about that.
3: Big fan
4: um, of him. Uh
2: but but I do I do think that that moment, I think for that 71 to bring to an end arguably the best match of the tournament. Well, there's no argument about it, it is the best match of the tournament. Um yeah. And, and, and in my opinion it's 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 up there for Max. Do I mean the Josh Rock Michael uh, Smith game the Josh Rock Michael game was utterly ludicrous in the European Championship?
3: Uh, Michael Van Gogh. Win. No,
2: no, no, in the Euros. We played Oh in the Oh in the Euros, sorry. I thought you meant the
3: Yeah.
2: I mean the nine data in the in the Grand Slam. That um, game was, you know, was unbelievable MVP as well. It was, you know. was, was ludicrous as well. Um there were just so many great moments, and it's, it's difficult to put to put your finger on it. But I, I I'd probably go to seventy one purely because of what had happened previously to that. Yeah, and in my opinion, and I appreciate my recency bias, but it's my in my opinion, it's the second
3: best game that's ever been played, Ali Bailey. That um, and uh, Fallon Sherrod back on the big stage at the World Championship.
2: Well, yeah, let, let's not <laughs> than just, uh, uh, right. Thank you very much, Cam McFarlane, uh, for your company this evening and uh, into this morning. Um, hope you have a fantastic uh, New Year's Eve, whatever you're doing, and I hope yeah, that you. and to and I do hope that every, I'm off to Wolves tomorrow, actually up the Reds. Uh, so uh, yes, can't wait. Uh, right. You had to ruin it. You have to ruin yeah. it at the end, and then college football playoff all night. It's lovely. Um, like I say, everybody in the chat room, thank you very, very much for your company as well, and throughout the year, and, and I'm sure that you've noticed a massive milestone that we've hit. We're not going to say, obviously, because, of course, people people will know about it, but I'm sure you've you've noticed the massive milestone that we've hit uh, over the last couple of days. It's been a genuine pleasure and a massive, massive thank you to every single one of you that have watched any bit of our coverage over the World Championships, that have watched any bit of anything that we've done or listened to anything that we've done on podcasts uh, or or just come up to us and said hello at, at events as well. It's been a genuine pleasure. Thanks for your company. Have a great New Year's Eve. Uh, we are back on New Year's Day, reviewing all the action from quarterfinal day, where we will be down to four in the race to crown the World Darts Champion. Thanks again to our sponsor, Betfred, as well uh, for your for their company. Make sure you check them out if you are going to have a bet on the World Championships. And remember to gamble responsibly if you do. Uh, have a look at their uh, markets. We will see you, well, I probably won't, but I'm sure Cam probably will, with Gob on New Year's Day. Uh, thanks for your company. There's a good chance it'll be me. Probably. Take care everybody and thanks for listening as so well. If you're listening on the podcast, this has been the Fallout Bar i Feet and Camp Farland signing off for another night. And we'll see you in twenty three. Happy New Year, everybody.